This morning we will continue with our study on the book of Exodus. Through freedom, we showed you a slide of the overview of that book, all of 40 chapters, 430 years from chapter 1 through 6, two months from chapter 7 to 18, and 10 months from chapters 19 through 40. Now, we are not going to take the whole 430 years to finish the first six books of Exodus. So last week, I shared with you a warning. Don't harden your heart. Do not harden your heart by the deceitfulness, the callousness of sin. And I shared with you a challenge for you and I to know, have I really hardened my heart? And I shared with you that once you begin to close your hands towards the people around you that you are not willing to help, then I submit to you that you have already hardened your heart. Now, God used Pharaoh to harden his heart because he already spoke in earlier chapters that he would only release the Egyptians under compulsion. He would be forced to release the Egyptians. And I shared with you basically four points. That you harden your heart when you disavow, when you do not acknowledge God. When you are dissatisfied with how God processes or does things, when you're not happy with his timetable, when he answers your prayer and that is not the answer that you expect, you become dissatisfied with God. You begin to doubt God and disbelief overcomes you. God doesn't really love me because if he loved me, why did he give me this situation? Why did he give me this spouse? Why did he give me these parents? Why did he give me these children? works both ways, kids. And then finally, you harden your heart when you begin to rebel, when you begin to disobey God. This morning as we go into Exodus chapter 6, I have titled the message, Are You Man-Dependent or Are You God-Dependent? Man-Dependent or God-Dependent? You have a choice. You always have a choice. So as we go into it, let's look at the preceding verses towards the end of Exodus chapter 5. After they went through all of these things and Pharaoh decided to, you know, give the Israelite people a harder time, make clay without straw, your quota is still the same, and the Egyptian taskmasters were hard on the Israelites' foremen, who were in turn hard on the Israelites. Then they began to complain. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord. Uh, there's a uh, message there at the back. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, why have you brought harm to these people? Why did you ever send me? Do you feel like that sometimes? Why me, Lord? Why not send somebody else? Oh, Lord, I'll volunteer. I volunteer, George, to go. 
you're, you're, you're following God and you encounter hardship. You encounter opposition. And if you are not careful, you will be like Moses. Why did you ever send me? Why? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to these people and you have not delivered your people at all. Was God done? Was he finished? But because of the opposition that Moses was facing in the face of Pharaoh and in the face of this, the disgruntled Israelites, he said, you have not delivered them at all. Do you feel like that? You're obeying God. You're following. You're doing your part. You're becoming a submissive wife. You're trying your best to be a loving husband. And your spouse is not changing. Why, Lord? I'm doing my part. Why are you not changing my spouse? Answer, because I'm changing you. Until I have finished changing you, you will not appreciate the change that I'm bringing about in your life. Many times it's always easier to look at the other person. To look at the other, your, your neighbor's house. Why is his house better than mine? His garden is more beautiful. He seems to be peaceful, etc., etc. Why, Lord? Seldom do we ask. As a matter of first response. What are you teaching me, Lord? How can I improve? What surgery are you doing in my life? But when some things happen, oh, why? Why? What did I do to deserve this? We never ask or we seldom ask, what are you trying to teach me, Lord? So this morning, as we look at the life of Moses, as we continue, let's begin by offering a word of prayer and seeking the presence of the Lord and the filling of His Holy Spirit. Dear God, we just want to thank You that we can study Your Word. And may Your Word, Lord, pierce our hearts all the way to the bone, to the marrow, Lord God, so that we may all listen to Your Word to understand it and apply it in our individual lives. Move in this place, Lord, hand through Your Holy Spirit as we thank You in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Exodus chapter 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion he will let them go. And under compulsion he will drive them out of his land. So Moses was complaining to God, You have not delivered your people at all. It's a good thing. Even if you and I are belligerent towards God and our attitude towards God, God still answers us in that still, small voice. He answers us as He answered Moses. And He said, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you're going to see what will happen. Now you're going to see what I told you about, that He will only release the people under compulsion, under compulsion, he will be the one to drive them out of this land. Now, why did I highlight in yellow 
L-O-R-D. And why is L-O-R-D capitalized? That rendering of the word Lord is, then Yahweh said to Moses, they don't use uh, vowels. This is the personal covenant-keeping name of God. Lord, capital L, not all caps, means Adonai. But L-O-R-D in all capital means Yahweh. They do not even want to pronounce His name in reverence, in honor of the holiness of God. So He said, Yahweh, Yahweh said to Moses, now you're going to see. You're telling me that I have not rescued my people at all? Now you're going to see what I will do. Because Pharaoh will release them under compulsion. He will drive them out of his own land. God spoke further to Moses and said to him, I am Yahweh, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. With Moses, I speak face to face. He did not make his name known to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob. What is God talking about reminding Moses about his appearance to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Well, he said, I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan in which they sojourned. What is Yahweh? What does it mean? Covenant. Keeping God. So he's reminding Moses, I made a covenant. A covenant is different from a contract. A contract depends on the fulfillment of two parties. A covenant, on the other hand, depends on just one party. And who is that party? That is God. He gave this covenant in Genesis 15. God said to Abram, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. Are the Israelites oppressed and enslaved at this time? Yes. Once they were the good people, because of Joseph, the whole country was blessed. But now they are a stench to Pharaoh. These numbers, there are so many. What if we are attacked? They might join our opponents and they might take us over. You get what I'm saying? Now, Pharaoh is thinking these people are dangerous. God further said, It came about when the sun had set that it was very dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and flaming torch which passed between the pieces. On that day, Yahweh... The covenant-keeping God made a covenant with Abraham saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the river Euphrates. And on that day, Yahweh made the covenant. The Canaanite, the Kenzite, the Kadmonite, the Hittite, the Perizzite, and the Rephaim, and the Amorite, and the Canaanite, and the Girgasite, and the Jebusite, and the Termite. 
your unseen opponents. God has given you the land. Yahweh have taken apart himself to fulfill what he has promised. It is not dependent upon Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. It is fully dependent on God and God alone. I am going to fulfill my covenant with you. All you and I need to do is to trust God. Are you man-dependent? Or are you God-dependent? See, Moses began to doubt. You are not even releasing your, your, your people at all. Pharaoh is giving us a hard time. Ever since you told me to go to Pharaoh, and I told Pharaoh, this is what's happening. You are not releasing your people at all. And God, praise be to God, but he's not like us human beings. He answered Moses. Furthermore, verse 5, I have heard the groanings of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage and I have remembered my what? My covenant. My friends, God is keenly aware of the specifics of each and everyone's lives. Never be deceived by the devil for one moment that God does not know, that God is not concerned, that God is not moving. Just because you and I do not see the physical hand of God moving in our midst does not mean that God is not actively engaged. He is telling Moses, I have seen the groanings of my people. I am keenly aware. And that's why I'm here at this particular time to fulfill my covenant. Say therefore to the sons of Israel, He's telling Moses to tell the Israelites, Say therefore to the sons of Israel, I am Yahweh. I am the Lord and I will bring you out under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from their bondage and I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. To redeem. What does it mean? To redeem means to take possession of. I was teaching uh, at uh, Friday night, and I challenged the group. You know, when you go to a pawn shop, you hawk your jewelry or whatever. They give you a receipt. Once you are fully paid, they stamp it. Tetelestai. Paid in full. Redeemed. The item goes back to the original owner. The owner retakes possession of the item. God is telling the Israelites, I am going to redeem you. I am going to take possession of you, albeit it will be under compulsion. Then I will take you for my people. He's not yet done. He's not just going, he's not just only going to redeem them. He said, Then I will take you for my people. And I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord, I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. I am 
Yahweh, I am going to keep my covenant with you. Not only was God going to pull them out of slavery, they were going to be a landed people. I will give you the land for the land to be your possession. I gave an example again last Friday. I said, if this watch is for you, AJ, this watch is for you. But AJ didn't stand and get the watch. Did he have possession of his gift? No. Why? He didn't stand up. He didn't claim possession of it. God is telling the Israelites, I'm going to release you. And when I release you, you will be my people, I will be your God, and I am going to bless you. I am going to give you possession of this new land, a land flowing with milk and honey. I know what's going on. And I have come down when he spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. I have come down and I'm going to send you. God is reminding Moses of everything that he has already spoken to Moses about in the earlier chapters. God is reminding Moses that he made this promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it is time to fulfill his covenant because he is the Lord, Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. So Moses spoke thus to the sons of Israel. But what happened? Huh? What happened? They did not listen. Not only are their hearts hardened now, their ears beginning to become deaf. Why? Because of their taskmasters. Because of their situation. It's very hard to depend on God when things are not going right. Right? But when things are going nice and fair and okay. If you're like me, honest truth, we don't even think about God. But when things are tough, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> are you man-dependent or God-dependent? Who do I know? You, 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 you find yourself doing that? When you have a problem? Padrino. Who is the padrino? You know padrino in Philippine politics? Who do we know that can fix the situation? Sometimes you fall into corrupt practices. Right? Why? Because if you become the God depend man dependent, your first knee-jerk reaction is not to look to God. Your first reaction is to look for somebody, a person who can help you out of the situation. Are you God-dependent or are you man-dependent? Are you man-dependent or are you God-dependent? God told Moses, this is what you will tell them. Moses replied, they did not listen. Why? Because of their situation. Because they're already dissatisfied with what's going on. Look, why? On account of their despondency and cruel Bandage. They don't want to listen anymore. 
Some people, when you try to share about how much God loves them, how much God wants to have a personal relationship with them, they like that good news. But then, when they find out that they have to have Jesus as the Lord of their life, they reject the gospel. You mean to say, I have to give up my kirida? My mistress? Ah, no. You mean I have to pay correct taxes? And give 10% to the church? Ah, no. They only want the good. They don't want the responsibility that comes with the Lordship of Jesus Christ over their life. As if God is a taskmaster who wants to give them a hard time. Far be it from the truth. He said, I have heard the groanings of my people and I have come to deliver them. To give them possession of this land. A land flowing with milk and honey. How can we doubt the love of God? When he has given up his one and only son. To redeem you and to redeem me. From the penalty of our sins. How dare we doubt God? How dare we rely on other people? The people, this Israel has the same thing. They don't listen. Why? They're despondent. And they have already you know, experienced so much pain and hardship. They don't want to believe anymore. They don't want to listen. Now the Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. Boss. Boss. I already followed you the first time. And the result was worse. They were okay already being slaves, just making clay bricks. But they had straw. When I followed you the first time, Pharaoh got mad and he told the Israelites to make clay without straw. Now the people are angry, not only at Pharaoh, they're also angry at me. By the way, I'm just your spokesman, okay? Now they're mad at me too. Why will I go back? Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God tells you, go back to Pharaoh and tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the sons of Israel go out of his land. But Moses spoke before the Lord, saying, Behold, the sons of Israel have not listened to me. Now then will Pharaoh listen to me. Why? For I am unskilled in speech. Who is Moses depending on? Who? Himself. I don't talk well. Why will Pharaoh listen to me besides me, myself, and Irene? Who am I? You forget. Yahweh sent you. You forget. You bring the name of the Lord. And you are just speaking what God is telling you to speak to Pharaoh. Mind you, if Pharaoh has a bad day and doesn't like you or the message that you have to bring, the message that you have to convey, is it 
within the power of Pharaoh to have you put to death? Yes or no? Yes. So Moses is really taking a risk. By going to Pharaoh and telling him, Yahweh is telling you to let his people go. The first time it happened, how did Pharaoh respond? I do not know the Lord. And besides, why will I let the people go? These are my people. Moses spoke to the Lord. You see, you see even if, you know, God is just so amazing. Moses is already debating going back and forth with God. But God is still good and gracious. He will hear our complaints. We don't complain against God. God even invites us. Come. Let us reason together. Let's discuss. This is my plan. Let's discuss. You don't understand. I'm willing to make it clear to you. Come. Let us reason together. Then the Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses and to Aaron and gave them a charge to the sons of Israel and to Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring the sons of Israel out of the land of Egypt. God continues, despite your doubt, despite you being uncertain that God will fulfill what he has promised to you, he will continue to speak to you. He will continue to remind you of his promise. I have taken it upon myself to bring out these people from Egypt, to bring them to a good and spacious land. I am Yahweh. I have made this covenant and I am fulfilling it before your very eyes. Not only will God bring them out of Egypt, he said in Genesis 15, I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterward, they will come out with many possessions. They're not going to be freed as slaves only to become poor. They're going to be set free from their slavery, from their bondage. But they will go out with a lot of possessions. And we will see later on as we continue that they had a lot of possessions. Not only in terms of cattle, but in terms of gold, silver, and other jewelry. Why? Because Yahweh... The covenant-keeping God made good on his promise. And he's telling them, Aaron and Moses. You see, after verse 13, from Exodus chapter 6, verse 14, all the way through verse 25, God tells them, God tells Moses, this is how the Israelites are going to come out of Egypt. Then he names them tribe by tribe by tribe by tribe. It was going to be an orderly exit. It was not going to be a stampede. They were going out of Egypt. They were going to be set free from their bondage with the possessions that they had, but it was going to be so orderly. 
that God was going to put all things in order. That they can even go try Reuben and then after Reuben the next and then after the next and then after the next. And finally, who was going to take the rear? It was the same Aaron and Moses whom Yahweh the Lord said, Bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their hosts. In other words, it was going to be an orderly exit. This was not going to be something that, oh, please, please, faster. If you're Korean, pali, pali. This was going to be orderly. Even if Pharaoh was going to release them under compulsion, it was going to be an orderly exit. There was not going to be any rush. Because by the time that Pharaoh released them, and we will see later on, after the plagues, he actually told them, just leave. So they left in orderly fashion. And this Moses and Aaron took the rear according to their hosts. God is so good. God will fulfill his promise to you. Not one of the good promises of the Lord has ever failed. That's why instead of being man-dependent, you can be dependent on God. You should be dependent on God and not on man. They were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, referring to Moses and Aaron, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron now it came about on the day when the Lord Yahweh spoke to Moses in the land of Egypt that the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am Yahweh, I am the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, all that I speak to you. Do you notice? Time and time again through this conversation, God, Yahweh, is reminding Moses I am the covenant-keeping God. I am the one going to fulfill this promise. I just need you to execute my plan. This is what's going to happen. You're not going to rush. Everything will be in order. You will take the rear and the people will say, this is Aaron, this is Moses. Meaning to say you're still going to be alive. And the people will come out in orderly array according to their hosts. Now you're Moses. You have encountered God through the burning bush. While it is burning, it is not consumed. You have seen the power of God to transform your staff to make it into a snake. And when you pick up the snake, it will return to the staff. And all kinds of miracles right before your very eyes. And God is reminding you, just do it. I, Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, will fulfill my promise to these people. I just need you to go and tell Pharaoh all of this. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. Okay. But Moses said before the Lord, I am unskilled in speech. How then will Pharaoh listen to me? Who was Pharaoh? Who was Moses depending on? Huh? Still himself. After all of this, time and time again explaining, using his personal covenant-keeping name, Yahweh, 
at the end of that exercise, at the end of that discussion, uh, behold, I, back to himself, I am unskilled in speech. Now then, how then will Pharaoh listen to me? Do you identify with Moses? God tells you something, oh Lord, how will that happen? I already promised you. Yeah, but, you know. How? We should not depend on human beings. We should depend solely on God. God, I showed to you last week, I, I will bring out my people. I will fulfill my covenant, says the Lord our God. And then Moses can only say, I'm unskilled. They won't listen to me. It's like taking two steps forward and then taking three backward. You're already doing God's will. And then you encounter a little opposition, you step back three. God is already giving you the big picture. Oh, yes, Lord. But they won't listen to me because I'm unskilled in speech. You forget. God gave you Aaron. I talk to you. You talk to Aaron. Aaron will talk to the people. Man-dependent or God-dependent? It's your choice. Now look at the promise of God in First Peter. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a possession for God's own, a people for God's own possessions. Possession. For what purpose? So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at their condition. They weren't a people. They were just slaves. God said, I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to bring you out of slavery, good, bring you to a spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. You will be my people. I will be your God. Who did this? God. Who chose them? God. We will see later on, 40 years in the desert, hard-headed, stiff-necked people. If, this, if I were God, I will disown them. It's a good thing I'm not God. I might disown some of you. you know? <laughs> I'm not God. I'm not God. He said, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. For what purpose? Look. So that you, who is this you? God's people. So that you may proclaim the excellencies of him. Who what? who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. From bondage to freedom, from darkness to light. From being a slave to being an heir. Co-heir with Jesus Christ. It goes on. For once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What country do you belong where are you from? You're in the U.S. You have a U.S. passport. But when they ask you, usually, where are you from? What do you, what do you respond? I'm Filipino. Huh? 
Jamaica. Oh yes, that's correct. You're right, Mr. Clevan. Right? I'm a U.S. citizen, but when they ask you where you're from, from the Philippines, from Jamaica, from uh, France, right? From my mother. <laughs> right? Imagine the promise of God. I will make you my people. So who are you? I am part of the people of God. I belong to Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God, who has promised to bring me from darkness into light. Before I was nobody. Now I am a child of God. So what are the characteristics of people who belong to God. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. God's people are different in the positive way. Okay? You can be different in the weird way, in the negative way. But God's people are different in the positive way. So that we may proclaim the excellencies of him who brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why do you have happiness? You just lost your job. Well, God has something better for me. Why it is that you are happy? The doctors just diagnose you to have this or that disease or illness. Well, because Jehovah Rapha is my God, the God who heals. Why are you happy? Your husband is like this. Your wife is like this. Your children are like this. Because God is molding me to be conformed to the image and likeness of his son Jesus. So God is allowing this for a purpose. Do you know what's going to happen? I don't know. So how can you be happy? Because I know my God. You see, as a Bible teacher, as a pastor, as a discipleship group leader, my role is to not make anyone of you dependent on me. My role is to make you dependent on God. Because it is God who can do it. I can't do it. I'm just like Moses. I'm just like the mouthpiece. What good is it if I teach you Bible to the extent that you cannot understand it unless I tell you what it is? Useless. Why? You will depend on me. What if my preaching is so high and one of you will tell me at the end of the service, Pastor, your message is so terrific. You even beat Einstein. Wow, really? Yes, I cannot un understand Einstein and I cannot even understand you more. My role as a pastor, a teacher, a D-group leader is to make you dependent on God. See, this is what the Bible says. What do you think God wants for you to do? I'm not going to tell you what to do unless you tell me outright you're in sin. Then I will tell you to go turn around. My role is to make you dependent on God, not on men. We are just here as instruments 
so that you can be dependent on God. Worship service is the same thing. You just don't listen to me. Listen to what God is trying to communicate to you so that you don't be dependent on me, on the church. You be dependent on God. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's possession to the glory of His name. You should proclaim the excellencies who called you from darkness into light so that the people around you will also be able to experience the light. Don't trust men. Trust God. Look at what the Isaiah says. Trust in the Lord forever. For in the Lord we have what? An everlasting rock. Rock of ages. You who fear the Lord, Psalm 115, 11 and 12. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. Trust in whom? The Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. The problem is verse 7. Sometimes we are wise in our own eyes. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You remember Jacob? When his brother Esau was about to meet him, and he, for the first time, he made the most heart-wrenching prayer to God. Oh, God, etc. A long, long, long prayer. And after he, maybe he said his amens. Okay, this is what we're going to do, huh? Oh, you go in front and then give some space. And then after you, and then after you, and after you, I'll take the rear. Was he depending on God? Even after he had prayed? No. He was depending on himself. Oh, yes, I prayed. So, okay na. Okay na. I already prayed eh. So let me take it, let me do it again. Is that being God dependent? Of course not. If you say you're dependent on God, you do your part, let God do his part. That is dependence on God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Why? Because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Who am I to tell God what to do? Who am I to know what is best for my situation? Only God knows. So I should go to Him and, God, okay, what do you want me to do? It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. You know people, people in high places, but there is no one higher than God. Instead of trusting people, trust God. Don't depend on men. God has given us men, counselors. But at the end of the day, you and I should depend on God. Some boast in chariots, some in horses, but we will boast in the name of the Lord our God, Yahweh. In the NASB, it's translated in the NIV. Some may trust in chariots, some may trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of the Lord, Bob Fitz. I think you were not born yet. <laughs> See? When you say chariots, that was the monetary exchange during that time. How many chariots do you have? Oh, very rich. How many horses do you have? Very rich. I will trust in the name of the Lord. 
Second Corinthians. You see, this is the problem many times. I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of your devotion to whom? To Christ. Not devoted to men, but devoted to God. You and I can be deceived. That because you're doing this, because you're doing that, because you have this position, that you know, let nothing take you away from the simplicity and purity of your devotion to Christ. Don't depend on men. Depend on God. As we do, and we want to encourage all of you, putting aside all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy and slander like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect of salvation. We say that prayer is talking to God. When we read his word, we are letting God talk to us. But in your study of the word of God, make sure you get more and more in love with the God of the word. Don't just fall in love with the word of God. Fall in love with the God who gave you the word. So that you become, you and I become dependent on Him. Yes, God has blessed CCF, especially in Manila, with Pastor Peter. He's a good man. He's a godly man. But none of us should depend on Him. All of us should depend on God. Not on man but on God, and if my add, God alone. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord as living stones, coming to Him as a living stone which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, have you tasted the kindness of the Lord? We've already tasted the kindness of the Lord. And then, when something negative happens, when there is an adverse situation, you've already tasted. And then what? We forget. Why? Because we have not trained ourselves to be dependent on the Lord, no matter what. Oh, God is in control. Ito gagawin natin. Sabi mo, God is in control. You said God is in control. So it, it's, it's not... Your, your statement is not validated by your action. God is in control. Let me do this. God is not in control. You just say God is in control, but you don't really believe it. You just like this Christian, oh, God is in control. By faith. By faith lang, by faith. Very easy. But are you really sure? Is that what you're saying? Politics in the Philippines, very bad, right? Very negative news. Oh, let's pray for the president. Oh, but you know, he, this is what he should do. Yeah, I thought you were going to pray for the president. 
You know who will win the election? This November 8th? It's a good thing I don't know, but God knows. Whoever wins, I still depend on God. He's in control. I don't politics, that's your problem. That's that's not my role. You will cast your own vote. But at the end of the day, whatever happens, God is still in control. We sang about it. He sat down at the right hand. His work is finished. He's in control. He's not taken aback. You also as living stones are being built up into house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. As I close, for this is contained in scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Who is that cornerstone? Jesus Christ. He says, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So the question for you this morning is, have you tasted the goodness, the kindness of the Lord? Or is Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, a stumbling block to you? You alone can answer that. Who or what are you depending on to go to heaven? God has given us the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I am the one and only way, the one and only truth, the one and only life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Or is the gospel adverse to you? That you want to try to be dependent on yourself to get to heaven. May I warn you, you and I, if we depend on ourselves, will not make it. But if we depend on God, if we depend on the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary, who died for the payment of our sins, and after three days rose again, he can give life to your mortal bodies. Are you man-dependent or God-dependent? Moses encountered God face-to-face, -face, talking with God, Yet when push comes to shove, at least as far as we've been discussing, oh God, they're not going to listen to me. I am unskilled in speech. You have a complaint to God? You don't understand? Talk to God. It's called prayer. You don't understand? Read your Bible. Crave for the milk of the word of God. So that what? So that you, make a, you can grow in respect of your salvation. And then after milk, soft food, and then later on, solid food. You see the progression? And what? You will grow. You will strengthen yourself. 
in your knowledge of the Word, but more importantly, on your dependence on the God of the Word. Let's pray. God Almighty, we thank you that we have your Word. Your Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. But let none of us, Lord, forget the fact that it is still you that your word talks about so that we should be dependent on you. God, teach all of us, Lord, to be dependent on you and to trust what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And if there is yet anyone here in this sanctuary who has not placed their faith in your son, Jesus Christ, your word this morning is reminding us that he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Lord, will you move in this place and in our hearts, Lord God? And will you bring about godly sorrow that leads to repentance for these people? That they will be humble enough to pray, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner and I need you to save me. I turn away from my sin, Lord God. And I acknowledge that only Jesus died on the cross to pay for all of my sins. I humbly open the door of my heart and I invite you, Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior and the Lord of my life. Help me to turn away from a life of sin and embrace a life of righteousness so that as you work in my life, the people around me will see that I belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. For those of you who may be here this morning and you're struggling with trusting God, will you ask God to forgive you? And tell God that by His grace and His Holy Spirit living in you, that you will endeavor to live a life of dependency upon God and not on mortal men. God Almighty, as you do your work in our midst, Lord God, we are careful to give you back all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Yahweh, our covenant-keeping God, and in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Praise be to God. So, what was the lesson this morning? Man-dependent or God-dependent? As you know, we do not pass the offering plate here in CCF. We just have the offering box at the end. And as we always do, we want to share with you and we want you to share with your group the answer to the following discussion questions. In what occasions did you trust men rather than the Lord? What was the outcome of not trusting the Lord? And lastly, what could you have done differently? As you close, don't forget to pray for one another.